Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got a very special guest. This is actually somebody that I met. Man, we met probably a couple years ago, but I met him again in the sauna at OPS. And if you guys have been following me, then you would have seen my different posts about it. This is uh, Kelly Bird. Thanks for coming on. Hey, man. Great to be with you. Yeah. yeah. Always good to see you. Hi, Tony. Hey. So Kelly was a uh, he was a pastor for 27 years, I believe, right? That's right. Yep. And then uh, he coaches CEOs, and then he helped uh, Chuck Surak actually um, to sell his business. And uh, I think that you lived, did you live in California? Came to Fort Wayne, yeah, I came to Fort Wayne 26 years ago. Wow. From from Southern California. Yeah. Perfect. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk about that journey then. Like, uh, so you grew up in California, and then how did you end up in Fort Wayne? Yeah, you know, I was in ministry out in California. Um, when I was 20, uh, in the culture that I was from, uh, if you had a faith, if you were a leader and you could communicate, you should be a pastor. And so I did it, man. I jumped in when I was 20, 21, began to pursue that and did that for 27 years. Uh, always enjoyed helping people grow, always enjoyed, uh, seeing families, uh, uh, individuals, uh, you know, grow stronger in their faith, uh, grow stronger in their relationships, uh, just loved it. Um, and then uh, there was a friend of mine who came to Fort Wayne from L.A. and was pastoring in Fort Wayne. He asked me to join the team out here at Blackhawk. Oh, wow. So I came in 96 and then uh, became the senior pastor in 99. And uh, yeah, it was just a great, great run. Wow. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question. This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. How did you end up becoming a pastor then? Yeah, I was what I was saying earlier. I was, uh, I was 20 years old and trying to figure out which direction I was going to go. And um, again, I was in a culture, uh, in, a, in a setting where if you could communicate, if you were a leader and if you had a faith, you should be in ministry. Is that from your family? Uh, it, was, it was more just where I was going to church and friends and, you know, people that I respected. That was just kind of the mindset. So yep. I jumped in. Um, had thought about doing other things. Um, but yeah, by the time I was 20, 21, I was going to, I was going to jump into the ministry route and see if I could, uh, help people in that, uh, in that Avenue. Did you come from like the big city LA, like the stereotype stereotype of like, you know, LA, like Uh that sort of thing. Yeah. Did you come from like a a small niche town in California or like, what was the culture like there? Because the stereotype for California is for people to be like, Oh, you believe in God? That's so cute. You know, like the 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 Valley girls. It wasn't quite that way. It was a strong, yeah, it was a strong community, great people, great church. Uh, yeah, we had a great, yeah, we had a great life. Um, it was just yeah, an opportunity to be with a really good friend who was here. And so we jumped at it. And quite honestly, we, yeah, we loved LA. There was lots about it that we enjoyed. Um, but the truth is you look back today and raising five kids in Fort Wayne, Indiana was one of the greatest blessings. Uh, and we all would say the same thing. Our whole family just looks back on this journey here in Fort Wayne and what it's become and what it offered our kids and uh, the kind of people that we got to be around, the values. Yeah, it was, in some ways, the stereotype when you're in L.A. and you hear about Indiana, the stereotype is, you know, cost of living, slower pace, nicer people. Nicer? (laughs) And it all kind of, yeah, it all kind of came true. Like, it was really, really a, a gift to get to raise our kids and call Fort Wayne home for a long time. That's awesome. Did yeah. you have any kids while you were in California then? We had two. Yeah, okay. we moved to Indiana with two young nice. young ones. But yeah, had a few more once we got here. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you go to school then? Did you go to college? I did. Went to college, graduated 
graduated and then went to seminary, went to graduate school to become a pastor and uh, did that whole route. What did you go to uh, school for originally, or did you go for... Yeah, originally when I went to school, it was for broadcasting. Okay. Yeah, I was going to be a sports broadcaster. Wow. And then I thought about physical therapy, wanted to stay close to sports because I was in sports, and then that, yeah, then eventually uh, ended up heading down the ministry route. Well, hey, full circle, we're back to broadcasting again. Here we are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what, what sports did you play? Um, I played high school football and basketball, and then I played basketball in college. Okay. Yeah, yeah you look like a basketball player. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, How you tall guys, are you? If you uh, guys six, can't six. tell, <laughs> yeah. Kelly is not a small dude. No. If you, can't, if you can't tell from the video. Yeah. No, it was good. Those were good days. That's yeah, awesome. Those were good days. So actually, I want to ask you about... Um, I believe there's a correlation between athletes and then like uh, business people, it seems like a lot of times. So what do you think is like, uh, you know, you train a lot of uh, elite CEOs, special mm -hmm. individuals, and then you're an athlete yourself. Like, what do you think makes them different from other people? Yeah, you know, uh, immediately what comes to mind is elite athletes, um, individuals, men and women that, that compete at a high level. Uh, it requires a tremendous amount of discipline. Mm -hmm. And it requires a tremendous amount of drive. Um, and I mean, and to state the obvious, there's just a um, there's a level of competitiveness uh, that I that I find in those who succeed in both arenas. Uh, just an unrelenting, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, unwilling to accept anything but progress and victory and gain. Yeah, just there's just a, a, a mindset in an elite athlete that you oftentimes find in those who lead and influence well. I, I was doing a little bit of research and it looked like you had done something with uh, Blackhawk here locally. Yeah, that was the church that I was the pastor of. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Blackhawk has a pretty good reputation around here. Oh, it's a great place. Yeah, absolutely great place. We had a great uh, 15, 16 years there. Absolutely mm -hmm. loved it. What did you do there? Senior pastor. Oh, wow. Got it. Yeah. So you said that uh, these people have like drive. Do um, you think that's a natural thing or you think it can be taught or where do you think like the drive comes from? You know, I think it's natural to, to a degree. I think it can be enhanced though. Yeah. I think some people have a real internal sense of go, just a deep yeah. internal sense of drive. Some people just, I think the way they're made, their DNA, they've got that in them. Yep. And I've also seen people with with that in them. Uh, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that increased. I've seen yep. that you know enhanced. I, I've watched drive you know grown in people. I think for those who don't have it, I think it's tough to manufacture it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a, it's something that can be added to. Okay, I said that's what I was thinking. Is like. I always want to have all these people have drive and I want to help them to get it. And I'm like, yeah. man, like they don't have a desire f to win or anything. And then like, for me, it's like very saddening. Cause I believe that's also like, uh, I don't know, success or happiness in some ways of like, if you know that your potential is something and then you're not hitting your potential, yeah. then I believe that you're going to be very uh, upset or just depressed in general. So for me, whenever I see these people complain and then like not doing what they say that they want to do, yeah. then I'm like, man, I just want to help them to get that so much yeah. um, that I'm like, man, like, how do you help this person do that? So you're a pastor, so I'm sure you've seen this, but I want to like know how many people have you seen like change and do you believe that people can change if they're in this like negative mindset and how many people have you seen change? Oh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people transformed. Um, and if you're talking spiritually, obviously that's yeah. a conversation. Yeah. If we're talking just in terms of personality and mindset and the way they approach life or the way they approach work or the way they approach business, uh, absolutely as well I mean yeah. yeah you really there there really is the potential I think for people to to kind of go from here you know from here to there yep it's kind of the way I say it and um, and it's a it's a challenging journey uh, it requires an enormous amount of discipline and sacrifice uh, it takes an effort beyond what most people are willing to make mm -hmm. you and I have talked about that a lot yep uh, but it yeah it is doable it's attainable real deep, genuine, thorough transformation. 
Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before and we've tried several different CRMs and RE Simply has been the best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. Let's talk about both then. Let's talk about like the spiritual. What, when you've seen people change spiritually, like what did that look like before and then what did it look like after and what do you think like was the catalyst and the difference for change and then same thing for business? Yeah, you know the answer that comes to my mind, Dakota, is it's kind of similar. Some differences, obviously, but what comes to my mind when you ask that question is um, when somebody gets spiritually transformed, or when somebody, you know, in their approach to business, leadership, any entrepreneurial endeavor, like if we're talking spiritual or, you know, or corporate, if we're talking spiritual or business, what I've seen over the years is that the very foundation of that transformation is when that individual stops, it stops being about them, mm -hmm. and, and it begins to be about others. Mm. I mean, spiritually, you know, when it stops being about me and I submit to Christ, Yep. you with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the beginning of unspeakable change. Yep. Yeah. When I die to myself and begin to live for him, right? Yep. Well, business, it's not all that different. I mean, if, if, if in business, I'm just about me, yeah, we know how that goes. Yep. That's pretty short lived and never really gets you where you could have, yeah, where you could have gotten. When it begins to be about others, when it begins to be about the team, when it begins to be about the client, when it really begins to be about the way in which you can serve, not get. Yep. You with me? Yep. It's kind of the same thing on oh. both sides. Mm. Yeah. I wonder with the, it seems like two different value systems that you end up operating out of though too because when it comes to people who are very achievement driven they usually have a really high sense of self and an ego and so uh you know with that you know, the the folks that maybe don't want it as much like don't want to accomplish don't want to achieve and that sort of thing kind of believe that like there are certain things that are true and there's the we and I'm just doing this for my family or for my purpose and that sort of thing. They don't have the same drive and desire and push towards success and achievement and that sort of thing. Like it's, it's almost a completely different value system in and of itself. And so I wonder, uh, like it, it almost seems like two contradictory ideas where it's like, hey, I need to uh, be disciplined and uh and structured and um, believe in the we and in purpose and that sort of thing. But at the same time, I also need to uh, hold myself accountable and uh, desire to be better than I was yesterday and that sort of thing. So there's almost like a we and a me mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. How, have you ever noticed that that is more of a problem with more successful people like the ego, the, the I, the, you know, yeah. almost um, pursuit of the self? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I would just probably simply say this, that, um, and I'll just use the word you used, ego, like ego at its core, the way I understand ego. Um, Ryan Holiday wrote this book called Ego is the Enemy. Like pure ego um, I've never really seen that turn out well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of high performers that I'm around, on the other hand, have a strong sense of confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a difference. Mm. Um, you can have a, you can be a high performer. You can have a go mindset. You can be driven, you know, as, uh, yeah, as deeply as the day is long and care about others, serve your client, be continuously committed to improving yourself uh, and not be, yeah, and not be egotistical. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there are those in the, in the business world who are very much about themselves. And I think, again, that's a, that's a short-lived proposition. 
At the same time, I have no problem with high performers who grow in a real deep sense of confidence and an understanding of their ability and their gifts, and they use that to help others. Yeah, I always find it interesting that uh, people people will associate ego with like, uh, I don't know, like even talking about whatever they've accomplished. To me, it's just like stating facts. It's like, okay, I did this, I did this, I did this. And then people are like, oh, you're, you have a huge ego. I'm like, yeah. this is literally just, I'm stating something that happened. I'm just right. telling you like history. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed too, is a lot of times whenever we actually accomplish these things, then we're able to help those people with the same thing that we just now accomplished because we overcame them. So then it's actually in order to help more people, if we do more things, then now we can help other people yeah. that have done the same thing as you. So that's what I think about. Yeah. Um, do you ever ha like have to question your own intentions though? Like, be like, okay, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for them? Or do you just like go with it? Cause myself, I've noticed that sometimes I will like want to do something nice for somebody. And then I start questioning my intentions. Well, am I doing this because I want them to like me? Am I doing this for recognition? Am I doing it for this? And then I am not doing the good thing for this person. And then like, I've gotten to a point now where I'm just like, I don't care anymore. I'm yeah. just going to do it. But have you ever like struggled with your own intentions? A little bit. But yeah, I'd, I'd go with what you just said. If, yeah, I, I just would rather you go with screw it. I'm going to just do the I'm going to do the I'm going to do the right thing. Yep. I'm going to do the right thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, because of the common faith that we have, you know, you yep. and me or, or the three of us, um, I think we understand even just kind of a basic look at what the scriptures teach us about the humanness that, you know, we possess. Yeah. We know we're pretty screwed up. Mm -hmm. We know that we're going to have faulty desires we know there's times we're going to get selfish like that's just a given yeah so that's there uh, we also know that the, the spirit gives us the capacity to kind of you know supersede that yep. and function in a real sense you know uh, with the fruit of the spirit so yeah no i think yes we can question ourselves i would you know i would encourage anybody to just go with uh, to go with that desire to help to serve to come alongside Yep. Yeah. That's why I said I was like, I'm just gonna do it, and then I'll figure out my intentions later after go. after it's already done. Yeah. And like I did that because I had noticed I would seriously hold myself back from like encouraging and stuff like that just because yeah, I'm just like, all right, I'm yeah. just gonna do it, and then just we'll figure it. out why. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll get revealed. Um, this is like an open-ended question, but I think uh, I don't know. I'm always curious. What is success? What does that mean? Yeah, I think success individually. I think success as a team, you know, I think success as an organization, you know, a company. Um, I think, yeah, the couple of things I equate with success, number one, first and foremost, is I believe success is growth. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that down deep in my soul. That's exactly the same way I define it. Yeah. I just, yeah. And there's a lot that comes with growth. Mm -hmm. With growth comes more people, with growth comes more money, with growth comes more learning, with growth. There's a lot that comes with growth. Yeah. And oftentimes those things I just said get equated with success. I I don't, yeah, I equate growth with success, period. Yep. And a lot will come with growth. Yep. But yeah, to be successful, I think is to grow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's literally the same exact yeah. way that I define and, it. Yeah. And I don't mind. And anybody can, you know, anybody can disagree with me on this. You can. We'll still be friends. It's okay. Yep. Uh, but I, I just, it's the way I'm wired. And maybe this goes back to the athlete thing that we were talking about. Yep. Um, but, the, but the winning and losing, I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. I do. And I think success, I mean, I, I think the times that I've lost, you know, have been really helpful in forming and shaping future success. Yep. I think the times that I've won, even to this day, I mean, wins, I, I, I equate with success. Yep. But the difference, I think, in me is I also equate losses. Uh, I don't like losing. Right. Can't stand it. But I believe the process, you know, that we engage in, in the midst of or after a loss has a lot to do with success. Yeah, I like it. What is what is uh, losing mean to you? What does that mean? Or give us like an example of like your your losses that you've experienced. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I can think of the work that I do with CEOs. So CEO hires me to come in 
CEO owner hires me to come in, work with him or her, and the team around him or her. Typically, in the work that I do these days, uh, they're bringing me in because they want that organization, they want that entity, that company to grow. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to work with me, and if I'm going to work with them, then we're going to agree that the way that company grows, succeeds, because success is growth. The way that company grows is that group right there, that CEO, those three, four, five around him or her, they've got to be sharp. They've Mm -hmm. got to be growing. They have to be aligned. They have to be functional, not dysfunctional. And I've got to step in there and do everything within my power to challenge them, to confront them, to encourage them, to resource them toward growth. And there's times when, you know, I knock that out of the park. And then there's times where I struggle. There's times where it doesn't go like I had hoped it would go. There's times where I, uh, yeah, where I, we could list a few things. But yeah, it feels like a loss. The growth isn't what I had hoped for. The the progress isn't what I had envisioned. Um, it sucks. I don't like the way that feels. I don't like, I, and, and I, you know, I can blame them or I can blame me. That's not, the blame game's not, never really productive. I just know something in, in that engagement yeah, I missed something, mm-hmm. uh, didn't provide something. And, and so I'm just, yeah, I'm incessant in my self-evaluation. And there are times where it just feels like a loss. And mm-hmm. I, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, that's a hard thing. Yep. Yeah, I, that's, that's exactly what I talk about, though, or what I'm thinking about whenever I ask you, like, about if people can, uh, can change, like, if they don't have that drive and stuff. Like, yeah. so let's say you come into an organization, mm-hmm. and then you give them all the steps, and then they're unwilling to do the steps, and then you're like, okay. That's like, on them. Yeah, just, okay, mm-hmm. so it's not like that. It's more like, yeah. okay, you're, they're trying to do certain things, or they're mm-hmm. implementing, not trying. Yeah. They're implementing certain things, yeah. and, uh, exactly. and then it's just not still not working yeah. out. Or There are times where I see them making an effort. And okay. my natural tendency is just to question myself. And, and it's a great process, even though it, it sucks. Yeah. It continuously pushes me to figure out, because, so you know, you know, you guys know, people are different. Yeah. Not everybody learns the same way. Not everybody's motivated the same way. Not mm-hmm. everybody's inspired the same way. So I love the process. I just know there are times where I feel like I fell short. Yep. Um, losing is like, it's like sin. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we define sin? Sin is falling short. Mm. That's, the, that's literally the definition of the word in the Greek, hamar. Yeah, it's to fall short. Wow. And so there are times where, you know, in the business sector where, yeah, it's, it's frustrating when you know you've fallen short. Yep. And just like with the spiritual analogy, what do you do when you sin? Repent. You repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you agree with God about what happened and you move in a new direction. Yep. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, we're doing, I'm doing in my ongoing journey of wanting to coach and challenge and come alongside in meaningful ways. Yep. I got an interesting question actually about that because I noticed a big correlation between what you talked about and then sales. So whenever I don't get a sale, then I'm starting to question myself. Oh, what could I have said? What could I have done? If there's nothing that I could have done, then cool. There's nothing to be upset about. But I, I can usually think of something that I could have done said. But the interesting thing is that if I did something wrong and I still got the result of the sale, then now I'm no longer reflecting, even though I did it incorrectly. Do you ever self-reflect even when it went well? And you're like, okay, you have to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. You know, if you're working with me, um, you know, if we're in it together and I'm coming alongside you as a leader or you and your company, yeah, we are going to do a deep dive after every win. Okay. Yeah. Have to. That's awesome. Uh, We're going to do a deep dive after every loss. Yeah. But we are going to learn as much, if not more from the win. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's a, yeah, it's super important for, for the mindset of an individual and those around him or her. Yeah, that's a hard thing. Yeah. Do you, do you think that, or um, have you observed any collective characteristics or um, the the way that an organization is set up or uh, organized in such a way that you've seen like those types of organizations repeatedly fail? Have you witnessed that, like, among the culture, the organization, that sort of thing? What are those characteristics of organizations that typically end up failing? Yeah. 
Yeah, lots, lots comes to my mind. So, so first thing that comes to my mind is, um, and this could be small company, this could be mid-sized, this can be large, but when you have a leader um, who, and I'll talk often with CEOs that I work with, I'll talk about maintaining altitude. Mm-hmm. So again, whatever you're leading, you, you, you build a team, and whether that's three or four or 30 or 40, or 300 or 400, it doesn't matter. But what I see is really gifted guys and gals who are in positions of leadership, who build a team and they've got a, they've got a vision and, and the team is off and running, executing on the strategies and that guy or gal can't help themselves. They just jump into the weeds, they get in everybody's business, they micromanage, they're disruptive. Yeah, they, yeah you with me? Yep. It's just there's something about great leadership that certainly is involved and aware, but they stay at altitude to the point where they allow a team and those who have been entrusted with the opportunity to run. Mm. And, yeah, when that's honored and, and altitude is maintained, it goes really well. When it's violated and that guy or gal comes down into the weeds and changes this or addresses that or takes control of this, you know, hey, scoot over, let me do it here. I'll show it. Yeah, just, yeah, that, that's one of the things that comes to mind. That sounds like trust, integrity, mm-hmm. respect, drive, yeah. discipline, mm-hmm. like yep. just having yeah, the other thing, better character. Yeah, the other thing that I noticed to your question, um, inevitably, time and time and time again, I'll watch certain endeavors just get off the rails because someone in leadership um, that's two things, but yeah, it, they won't hold people accountable. And, 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 the, and the, the flip side of that is they avoid crucial, difficult conversations. Mm. And it just is, it's like an epidemic. Yeah. Super bright people who should know better, really smart guys and gals that run really big things, and they won't have a difficult conversation with someone, a conversation directly connected to performance, directly connected to outcomes, like the things going off the cliff and they won't have the tough, the tough conversation. They won't hold people accountable. You and I have talk, mm-hmm. talked about this a lot. It's, it's the absolute differentiator between successful organizations and those that struggle, those in leadership truly holding people accountable. Yep. Yeah. I was actually uh, talking to a guy about this the other day because he was asking me for advice on like holding his people accountable and stuff. And then we we found out the reason that he's unable to hold his people accountable is because he doesn't hold himself accountable. Yeah. So then he feels like a hypocrite whenever right. he holds them accountable. Yeah. And so that's what I've noticed about, uh, you know, the tactics that you gave me actually yeah. is like now I'm able yeah. to hold people accountable to another level. Yeah. First thing you and I ever did was I sent you a video of yep. Andy Stanley. Yep. And the title of it was Leading yourself well yep and you just said it it's absolute gold man that 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 is absolutely true Uh, you will never hold anybody accountable Uh, there will never be a culture of accountability beyond the culture of accountability that you yourself own yep yeah it just won't happen yep so my big question is then the difficult conversations like obviously the accountable like i've been able to pinpoint that that's because they're not holding themselves accountable once you get your accountability you can now hold other people how do you get to have those difficult conversations or like what is holding people back from that and what do you think will like help them to yeah it's a great question a couple things first of all most folks don't have the difficult conversation they avoid the crucial interaction that needs to happen because they're afraid of what the other person's going to think it's like basic people pleasing 101 yep right Uh, so many times the difficult conversation is avoided because i'm concerned about how this is going to go i'm concerned about what they're going to think of me i'm concerned what if they quit what if i lose them on and on and on the list goes Mm -hmm. what we've learned and and what i work with my clients on just consistently (laughs) is the fact that at the foundation of a crucial conversation has to be, I mean, don't have it if it's not this, if the foundation of the crucial conversation isn't the fact that you love them, 
that you care about them. Like you want them to get better. Yeah. Something's not right. They're, they're, and whether it's performance or character, whatever it is, when a leader can look at a crucial conversation and say, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to actually care for this person. Mm. It's got to be very personal and it's got to be rooted in this sense of love. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a talk that we do on crucial conversations. There's a five-step process to having a crucial conversation. Mm. And the first step is it starts with heart. Mm. Most people start with being pissed off yeah most people start with you know i'm fed up most most of them start with i'm going to give them a piece of my mind Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's the wrong it's the wrong starting point it's got to start with heart yep yeah and it's got to be about their improvement i think i think there's something to be said too like you just got to a good point which is that if you let resentment build for too long yeah then like something that i failed at huge when I was a team leader in AmeriCorps because mm-hmm. I let people get away with stuff for way too long because I didn't like authority, didn't like the rules, didn't want to write people up consistently. Yeah. So I didn't write anybody up. And then when it was actually time to write somebody up, I was like screaming at people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so good. it was like I let all of the resentment yeah. build up to the point. And there's something to be said about taking care of things while they're still small yeah. rather than waiting for them to turn into a big deal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What are the other uh, um, four steps? I'm oh, the curious. crucial conversation? Yeah. yeah. Free lesson today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it's cool. Yeah. You're crucial, asking Kelly crucial, to work for free. Yeah. <laughs> crucial conversation. Number one, it starts with heart. You got to care. Mm-hmm. It can't be for any other reason. And if it is, don't have it. Okay. Wait. But you got to think that through. It's got to start with this genuine desire to see that person get better. Yep. Um, Number two, uh, yeah, number two, you have to make it, you have to make it safe. You know, I don't like that word. I don't like the word safe mm-hmm. uh, in this context. I'm okay with it because um, when we say, you know, you got to make it safe, um, a really effective, crucial conversation that starts with heart, you know, it doesn't go to then, you know, get your ass in my office. Right. Like that's okay. Now we just, yeah. Now we just lost them. They're not open. Yeah. Um, I talk about, you know, I talk about all the time when we were raising our kids out on Crawford Road, you know, we had a, you know, half mile down to the end of the road, half mile back. And when it was time to have a a difficult conversation with a kid or even sometimes my wife and I, we would, we would say, hey, let's take a walk. Mm. Safe. Yep. Right. Let's take a walk. Let's get a coffee. Let's go, you know. Meet after work for fifteen minutes. Maybe we can. Grow. Yeah, it's just there's a way that you you posture this conversation mm-hmm. that really m- allows that person to feel a sense of okay, we're going to have a talk. Yep. And they can know that it might even be serious. They can right. sense that in your tone, maybe. But it's the it's the way that you ask it. It's the it's the place that you're going to have it. It's yeah. Th- there's a way to enter into that that allows them to feel a sense of okay, I'm fine. This is going to be okay. Mm. Might be hard. Yeah. But it's going to be all right. Thirdly, you say it all. Okay. Huge misstep in crucial conversations mm. is that you start to have it, and then, and then they start to what? They start to argue, or they start to cry, or, or they start to close down, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, crap, forget it. Yep. In your mind, you're going, forget it. I'm, yep. I'm out. I'm going to just like back out of this thing. Yep. We'll come back to this tomorrow. and you just can't do it Mm. you've got it if in fact you start with heart and this is about loving them and you've provided a setting that's actually safe then you got to say it and you got to say it all Mm -hmm. fourthly um, you got to solicit feedback it's a tough one Mm. it's called a crucial what conversation (laughs) it's not a crucial lecture it's a conversation so if we're going to have a conversation let's have let's converse Mm -hmm. i'm going to i'm going to say it all and then I'm going to say to you something along the lines of, did I miss anything? Mm. Am I making sense? Are we on the same page? Anything you want to add to this? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of ways you can say it, right? Yep. But there's a way to solicit feedback that gives them the opportunity to respond. Now, you guys know and I know there are times when that <laughs> that's dangerous because that, that can just get off the rails quick and they can start going down this road. That's exactly what I was going to talk about. And that's where you have to have the fortitude and the strength to say, whoa, stop. 
Like we're not going. Yeah, I'm asking for feedback on the specifics of what I just said. I want us to be able to make some progress with this. We're not going down that road. Yeah. Yeah, fifth, yeah, fifth is the ball game. You can do one, two. You can start with heart. You can make it safe. You can say it all. You can solicit feedback. And there are times when I have started with heart, made it safe, said it all, solicited feedback, and it's gone well. And I think, okay, I'm done. Mm. <laughs> it worked. Like we got through it, right? Mm -hmm. Five. Five is the ball game. You don't do five and you lost. It was all an utter waste of time. Five is established next steps. Mm. You can't. You can't have a crucial conversation about this issue and not end the conversation with some mutually agreed to accountability. Okay. There's got to be a sense of where are we going from here? This was good. Thank you for doing this. We're going to let's get back together next next Friday. And let's talk about some of the progress that mm. you've made. And here are some suggestions. Boom boom boom. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. That, that's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, that's that's like I said earlier, super bright people who I work with every day who run really big things and who know more than the three of us combined mm -hmm. won't do that mm -hmm. because that's hard. Yep. And guess what else? It takes what? Time. Mm. And everybody's going to say they're too what? Busy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I hate that word. Yep. I wonder... I wonder when you say establish next steps, say it's like in a, an intimate relationship, like your partner, mm -hmm. and uh, do you have to have a plan as to what the next step should be beforehand, or can it be... To, I think you have to have a plan, or the two of you have to come up with a plan. Yeah, together. Yeah. This conversation, this is me, it doesn't have to be you guys, a crucial conversation of this nature needs to, needs to move toward growth. Mm -hmm. If something's not right, if something's not as it should be, I, I want to move it in that direction. So that's going to take, yeah, next steps. We got to have a plan for this to get better. So with an employee, that might mean I come with a little bit of a plan. Mm. With a spouse or a significant other, yeah, I might want to go easy on the, hey, here's your three steps. <laughs> but we still might together want to collectively collaborate on how are you going to go forward from this? Hmm. I got I got a real life example that I actually it's so funny that we are talking about this because like ever since I met you and I heard about the difficult conversations I was like all right there's a there's a couple yeah um, one of them was obviously with my girlfriend at the time that was a very difficult conversation that I had and then uh, one of them just actually happened recently with a good friend of mine I'm not going to say any names or anything like that but. Uh, I felt as if, you know, I did start with the heart because obviously I had his, I had his best interest in mind. I was like, dude, I care about you. And yeah. I wanted to have this conversation with him because it was like, it was about um, his ego. Basically, I felt as if it was getting out of control. And I was like, dude, it feels as if you want everything to be more about you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel as if you're caring about people anymore, which is not you. You've actually got off track from when I met you, which is like what attracted yeah. me to like be such good friends with you, such a giver. And I know you're caring and I know you're a loving dude. So then I feel like we made it safe. I said everything. And then like uh, the soliciting the feedback, um, that was an interesting thing because exactly what you said is like, it felt as if like, okay, well, let's turn it around on now. Actually, I think you're this way. And it's like, okay, yeah. I can, and I can, yeah. I can appreciate that. But the thing that I feel as if I didn't do very well was establish next steps. How would you establish next steps in like a, a friendship kind of thing where it's like, we didn't come to an end result and everybody's like, how'd the conversation work? I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. it went well. I don't yeah, know. I told yeah. him everything I want to say, but I didn't establish yeah. next steps. So yeah, and I'm things. always going to, when I'm, when I'm describing the steps, I'm always going to come off a bit more definite, Yeah. which we need to, when we're having a conversation mm -hmm. like this, having said that, yeah, every conversation is different. I'm going to establish next steps with an employee in a different way than I might with my kid, mm -hmm. in a different way than I might with my spouse. You with me? Yeah. In that situation, I think it's okay for you to say, um, hey, for whatever it's worth, you know, now, here's a couple of suggestions. Mm -hmm. you know, I've known you for a while. I've yeah. seen you at your best. Lately, it hasn't seemed that way. And I'm just inviting you to think about this and this. Yeah. Okay. Next steps. 
I guess I did. I did do that a little bit. Actually, I said, because like he didn't all the way believe me. I said, dude, ask for feedback from your friends, because yeah. I promise you, I'm not the only one who's yeah. saying, thinking these things. I'm just the only one who's willing to do it. Right. And uh, we had another hard conversation the next day because of how hurt he was. And I was like, dude, honestly, it hurts me to tell you this. And like, it's not easy for me. And I do yeah. care about you. The, and he said, well, it felt as if it was a lack of respect. And I was yeah. like, dude, the reason that I told you this is because I respect there you. you. Yeah, I said, that is the whole reason I told you because I know you can handle this yes. and I want what's best for you and I think you yep. can actually do this. So it's because I respect you yep. that I'm willing to have these hard conversations. Well yeah. So it was- uh, Well said. It was very difficult, but now again, it just continues to get flipped back and where it's like, well, I hear other people talk about you and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. And honestly, like, and yeah, I was going to say this. I think there is some ego. Yeah, yeah. From me as yeah. well. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what that portion is, but there's definitely some ego there. Yeah. But it's like I'm continuously fighting it. And like, I'm just letting you know that right now your ego's winning. I'm not saying that it's you or anything. I'm just saying that like yeah. we have to continue balance this because it's there. Yeah. And there's no question whether or not it's there. It's just how much is it there and how much yeah. is it showing up. That's good. That's good. Faithful wounds of a friend. As a, as a pastor and as a coach, Mm -hmm. um, do you sometimes, uh, or like, how do you manage your relationship so that you're not necessarily pushing your expectations on others yeah. or yeah. getting overly critical? Because as someone who generally mm -hmm. is looking for problems and then identifying like ways to, mm -hmm. uh, create structure and give these people opportunities to win, yeah. how do you still make sure that in your intimate relationships and even with other people that they're like, ah, you know, I don't really want to do that, that you're still like kind of managing your expectations and um, not uh, coming across as being overly critical. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. First of all, yeah. You said as a pastor, I'm no longer a pastor, mm -hmm. uh, no longer a pastor now coaching and working with CEOs and their teams uh, at the same time in my working with CEOs and their teams, you know, I look back on my 27 years and I'm really thankful for the fact that I still have the same heart. Like I still want people to grow. I want them to get better. I want them to excel. I want them to move forward. Um, to your question specifically, I have, if you're going to hire me, all right, I hope this doesn't sound too crass, but if you're going to pay me, uh, I'm going to do my job, mm -hmm. and I will be unrelenting in my pointing out what needs to be pointed out, sharing the observations, uh, addressing the failure, uh, giving time and attention to the growth opportunities, unrelenting, never holding back, always uh, being willing to talk about that. In other situations in my life, I do have to be careful. Um, you know, I've got friends. <laughs> I've got family who aren't paying me. Yeah, I don't have to be the coach to everybody. Mm. Um, but at the same time with my kids, with my family, with friends, you'll never hear me apologize for having a high bar for you. Mm. You, should, you should just, yeah, be better. You should just do well. You, you, should, yeah, you should do the right thing. There should be. Yeah, anyway, so it's different in some ways, but in, in some ways it's not, and I don't apologize for it. I think everybody in my life, including myself, I've got a, I've got a reasonably high bar for. Mm -hmm. Have you, I just noticed this actually recently with my girlfriend. She said some things like, well, if I work, you know, if I get mandated to work this long, I'm not going to work out. I'm like, that's an interesting statement. So you're saying if you got mandated every day that your health is no longer important, you're going to let other people dictate whether or not you're healthy or not. Right. So to me, it's just like their language is very important. So then I'm like, am I being overcritical or stuff? Or have you gotten any kickback from your wife whenever you are like working, helping her work through what she just said? Yeah, there are times. Okay. I've gotten feedback from her or from others. Um, and again, I have, I've, yeah, I've got to be humble enough to think. Usually it's not the content. Usually it's the delivery. Mm. Usually, you know, the message that I've got for someone, for the most part, that's usually probably pretty right. Yep. How I say that, how I come at that, yeah, there's a, there are some things to consider, mm. you know, when you're talking about your team and you're talking about your girlfriend. Yeah. Yep. 
I said, that's what a, a friend of mine, actually, the guy who's calling, he, he says there's effective and more effective. So, yeah. like, what you said, you can be all the way accurate, which was the way I always was. Like, oh, I just said the right thing. I know I'm right, but it doesn't matter. If they don't receive it and they're not making a change, then yeah. what does it really matter? Yeah. Did you actually help them? It's like yeah. you have to question yeah. the delivery. I don't say this to clients, obviously, all the time, you know, but I, I mean, but I function this way. Bible says speak the truth in what? Love. In love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think, yeah, I think we waste too much time wanting to be right. Mm. And I think we should spend more time wanting to be loving. Yeah. That makes sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think if it's your girlfriend or your team and you got to figure out the tone and you got to figure out the, the setting, but if what's motivating that is love, it's back to crucial conversation, right? Yeah. Starting with heart. If what's motivating that is love versus being right or accurate. Yep. Yeah, it's a totally different ballgame. Yep. The funny thing is I, uh, I, I want other people to speak and just give it to me raw. Give it to me. If you're, if you're a yeah. jerk when you say it, I don't care yeah. because I just want to know what you're actually feeling. feeling. So you don't yeah. have to express it to me in the nicest way possible. That's for me to deal with. So it's my responsibility. Whenever I'm giving it, I'm thinking the same thing as like, yeah. no, I need to do this in love. Yep. And I think a lot about that Bible verse because I had a friend of mine who did some stuff and I'm like, dude, I, I think you did that wrong actually. But and I was like being like more of like the judgment kind of person where I was like, no, you deserve yeah. justice. And like, this is bull crap. And then that day at Bible study, we went over the verse where it's mm-hmm. like, basically like you can know all knowledge of everything. You can have faith that moves mountains. You can like, you yeah. can have basically everything in the world. And if you do it without love, it's all meaningless. And so that's again, what I think about a lot of times, whenever I'm questioning my intentions, whenever I'm questioning whether I'm right or anything, it's like, dude, yep. am I doing this out of love or not? That's yeah. the most important thing. Cause if we're doing that love, then just do it. And, it and the rest will figure itself out. Yep. Yep. That's it. Um, so how is your relationship uh, with your wife? What does that look like between you guys? Yeah, we've been together for, uh, we just celebrated 35 years. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Five kids. Older, older than both of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. More five, years than we've yeah, been around. Five kids, 35 years. Uh, really thankful. She is a, she's a tremendous strength. Mm-hmm. She's been a huge uh, encouragement and help uh, in all that I've done for all these years. Um, yeah, she's just been fantastic. What's the best relationship advice you have? You think it's like expectations in the beginning, the person, the like, in, while you're growing, like, what is the best thing that you can do to like keep that? Best relationship advice, yeah, would be a, uh, yeah, like a, um, like a weekly meeting. Okay, <laughs> sounds pretty, sounds pretty simple. I mean, there's a lot to that, but yeah, relationships. You know, you hear people talk about growing apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you hear people talk about kind of l- losing touch. Um, you know, you woke up one day and it wasn't the person you married. Like it's all kind of yeah. like I, it sounds kind of corny, but but yeah, that that, that stuff doesn't happen By if, accident. if every single week, you know, if on a consistent basis <laughs> there is time set aside to talk, to listen, uh, to have fun, to touch base, yeah to ask questions. Yeah, it's just, it's super basic, but yeah, it's the foundation of a lot of really great relationships, Mm. just consistent communication, listening, problem solving. Yeah. I love it. Do you, I have a feeling, I know the answer to this because you seem like a pretty structured person, actually, even like, I, like even your prayer structure, and I love that. It's helped me a lot, actually, like with my prayer and everything. Oh, the, uh, the acts? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. So what is your structure for your weekly meetings? Like, do you have certain questions that you guys like consistently ask or that you go over? Or what kind of things do you go over in that meeting? Yeah, you know, we. it's interesting. We started having the weekly meeting when we started having kids. Wow. So 35, you know, so 30 years ago. And it was kind of funny because they were little kids and they were in diapers. And we had this old guy say, you should do this. And we just listened to him and did it. And so we started having Sunday night meetings with the kids. Wow. And it was sometimes eight minutes, you know, was all we could get, you know. Yep. And when they were little, it was, you know, maybe a little story and a prayer and, you know, and hugging on each other all the way to when they were teenagers going over schedules, going Mm -hmm. over weekend plans, going over what we learned in church that day, you know, praying together, praying for each other. Again, really basic stuff. Yep. But foundational stuff for the functioning, not the dysfunction of, but the functioning of a relationship mm. or relationship. So we, uh, for years and years and years, it's been pretty basic schedule, you know, needs, uh, recent learnings, 
yeah, how can I help? Mm. But it's just as simple as that sounds. Uh, it's been unbelievably fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys talk about uh, vision very often? So like, you know, obviously you have a vision for your life and where you're going. She has a vision for her life. And then obviously they need to like kind of be aligned. Yes. Do you guys talk about that talk a lot? About or it talk for about years. It? Okay. Yeah, so absolutely. That's in the weekly meetings too? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Got it. Did you guys talk about that in the beginning of the relationship? We've talked about it for years. Wow. Years and years and years. Yeah. And yeah, I think I have a pretty good idea. And that changes right over 35 yep. years. That gets shifted. That gets adjusted. But yeah, really important that you both know uh, deep down inside, you know, where the other one dreams mm -hmm. of going, uh, where the other one wants deeply, you know, what, what they want to attain to, where they want to go, what they want to see. Yeah, really yeah. important. I found that so difficult to like decide how much of it is like the person, how much is it aligned with vision? Yeah. Because like uh, I've been listening to a lot of relationship stuff uh, recently and, you know, they, they ask some questions that I never thought about. It's like, you know, we talk about non-negotiables, what we're not willing to accept, all yeah. that things. It's like, what are you willing to accept though? What, what, what is, uh, what is the things that you're willing to give up? Yeah. Have, have you like ha ever had to like define that? Cause obviously it's not always going to be like everything that you wanted and you guys are going to be aligned all the time. So like, you have to be yeah. willing to sacrifice, but then it's like how much sacrifice and that, or is it just more about the commitment? Because after you're committed, yeah, then it's like, yeah. Yeah. Even though you're committed though, there has to be sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Even though you're committed, there has to be a level at which you're willing to based upon the relationship, scale back, scale forward, mm. pivot, um, compromise. That, yeah. That's the thing, you know, Dakota, you, if, if, if you're in it, and if she, you know, if, 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 if this guy and this gal are in it, then, if, and there's that commitment, then the compromise, then the adjustment, then the pivot from time to time has to be trusted. Mm. If we're assuming their motives mm -hmm. are good, if we're assuming their motives are right, yeah, then, then that's where we, we roll up our sleeves and say, let's figure this out. I like it. It's kind of funny. I wonder if, uh, thinking of the Bible, since you were previously a pastor, I wonder if there was sort of a moment uh, where Jesus did that with his mom, where his mom's like, hey, I really need you to get <laughs> yeah. some wine around. And he was like, yeah, really? <laughs> I'll do it for you, mom, because yeah. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll get into some closing questions. we got about nine minutes left. So what is your why? Yeah, I my why is um, yeah I I get up every day wanting to make a, a transformational difference holistically in the lives of those I coach and spend time with. Mm. I am not interested in um, a transactional relationship. Uh, I have no interest at all. Um, I, I want to be involved with the clients I work with, with the individuals I coach, the teams I come alongside. Uh, I get up every day to be a part of a transformational experience mm. with them. And I say holistic because as you and I have talked, um, I'm, I'm very interested in your business. I'm very interested in your progress in terms of an organization. But I believe, I used to think this, now I know it that your spiritual health or, or emotional health, mm -hmm. your physical health, and your relational health, closest, closest circle, whoever mm -hmm. that is in your life, right? I believe like those three, the, the degree to which you're growing and being strengthened in those first three ties directly to your professional performance. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a hundred times. Um, you can be the smartest guy or gal at the table and the rest of the stuff can be a dumpster fire. And you can manage that for a while, but eventually, yeah. like that catches up to you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my why. My why is to, is to get up every day and be a part of a transformational, holistic um, growth pattern in the lives of those that I coach and work with. I love it. What would you say is your biggest struggle right now? My biggest struggle is... Um, Yeah, I would say my biggest struggle is um, wrestling with the fact that there are parts of me, I, I turn 60 next March, 
And there's a part of me that thinks, I think probably because of the way we've been programmed, I just, there's a part of me that thinks, okay, I should at some point here, I should probably start slowing down. Mm. And I don't mean that like in a lazy way. Right. But to do other things, right? Yeah. You know? And yet there's not an ounce of me that wants to in any way, shape, or form slow down. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, I think about my wife. I think about my kids. I think about my two grandkids. I think about, there are things I'd like to do. Yeah, all that's true. And yet there's this, there's this just massive part of me that just wants to keep going. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm struggling with that to to your question. Uh, We'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, that's what I've always thought about, honestly, too. I'm like, oh man, am I ever going to get to the point where I do feel like I can like just chill, slow down, but I don't think so. I think that God like put the desire in our heart for a reason. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're living it out. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's fun. What is the, uh, well, actually, we already kind of went over this. What is your uh, best favorite or most interesting failure that you like learned the most from? You know, when I was, yeah, when I was young, yeah. So before, you know, before 21 or right around that time frame, um, I was, I got fired from a job. Hmm. I got fired from a job uh, by a guy who was super bright, really smart, lo- loved me a lot, cared about me deeply. Um, and he had hired me, you know, to do this work. And it was hard work and it was difficult work. And I was used to, I was used to people stuff. Uh, I was used to leadership stuff. Mm-hmm. I was used to wowing you with my personality and my ability to communicate and my ability to be close to you. And, and that's the way I approached everything. And this work that I had been hired to do took just, it was just damn hard work. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do it. Mm. I was lazy. I made excuses. Um, And he fired me. And it was the first time I had ever experienced that reality. It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. It was, yeah, it was, it was tough stuff. And yet it, it was the point at which I realized my personality and my way with people and my ability to talk, it was all good. But whatever I was doing, you know, you know, you do your work heartily as unto the Lord, right? Like mm-hmm. you work hard. And that was the, that my life changed at that moment. Wow. Yeah. And it was a huge lesson, massive failure, really embarrassing. And I was never the same. Wow. That's awesome. Man, I wish we could get more into that. <laughs> I, I like talk about like Who's hard just work. just started with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody talks about hard work and then they say just continue to work hard, which is an interesting thing because you have to have a balance of hard work, but then you also have to be working towards the right thing. Because like yeah. if I was still doing landscaping, it was hard work. Yeah. I was moving rocks and dude, it was rough. I worked 12 hours a day, yeah. sometimes 14. Yep. And uh, it was hard, but I would have not gotten anywhere if I continued to work hard. So it's like hard work and by itself is not enough, but you do need it yeah. as well. So it's interesting. Those were tra- yeah, Those were early years, and it was good for me to learn how to. Yeah, I went from that to actually went from that and got a construction job. Wow, which I had never done, and spent three years in construction and framing, and and worked my ass off, and it was yep. the best three years of work, and it shaped me and formed me and changed the trajectory of my whole mindset toward. That's um, awesome. Yeah, real effort. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. We will ask the 70 years from now. All right. <laughs> I was going to say 40 years from now. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Dakota wants you to live to 130. Yeah. I, I think you're going to live to about 100. Great, so thanks. 40, <laughs> yes. 40 years from now, you're on your deathbed. Yeah. And you have one final message to the world. It's a mantra, a paragraph, mm. a sentence. It's something that you feel is your legacy, mm. you communicating to the world, your message you feel that the world needs to hear. And so you have one last thought that you can express. What is that? Yeah, well, you know, I would probably say um, yeah, like 19 things <laughs> come to my, yeah, come to my mind. Um, there's this video going around the internet these days uh, by a 
gal who's the head basketball coach at Duke, and she talks about handling hard better. Um, and it's a girls' basketball coach at Duke, and, and the context is clear, and she's talking to her team, and, and it's good. Um, but that's so rich. I mean, that's a biblical message. That's a personal message. That's a business message. That's a relationship message. And um, I want people, you know, for the rest of my days and beyond, uh, I want this for my kids. I want this for those that I work with. Um, life is hard. It, it never gets easy. It, it, there's, there's never like around the corner, mm -hmm. ever. It's just always hard. There's always challenges. There's always setbacks. There's always heartache. Is there joy and, and good times? Yes. But yeah, this idea of just kind of hanging in there because it's going to get better is just a, it's a lie. And the real opportunity we have in our life is to handle the difficulty well. Relationships, faith, business, you pick it. Uh, I want people and will always want the people I love and know to handle you know, Jesus said, you know, in John, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation, trials, yeah. trials difficulty. So the coach from Duke is right. <laughs> there, there is no let up. It will always be difficult. And the degree to which you handle that better is the degree to which, yeah, you will have success. Mm. Great question. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. How can our listeners uh, get a hold of you if they're interested in talking, coaching, anything like that? Yeah, anybody who'd want to talk to me uh, can just email me at kbird, K-B-Y-R-D, kbird4707 Perfect. at gmail.com, kbird4707 at gmail.com. I like it. Um, well, yeah, you guys heard it here first. Tony and Dakota podcast. Have you guys been following me or you guys have like uh, been seeing progress in the last four months? A lot of you guys have been asking who my coach is. This is the coach. So reach out to him. Um, he will help you change your life. Obviously, my life has been significantly different in the last four months, which was from the structure. Obviously, you're going to have to put in the work, but it's from the structure that he actually gives. And I'm yeah. sure that you guys can tell you just provide a lot of free value here yeah. today. So And real quick, you. at the beginning, you said, are we still on? Yep. Yeah, at the beginning, you said, I helped Chuck sell Sweetwater. Yep. Yeah. I, the way to say that is uh, Chuck gave me the privilege of working at Sweetwater for yes. about eight years in the executive coaching capacity. In that process, as that winded down, Chuck, Chuck sold Sweetwater. Uh, right. He didn't need my help. But I got to be a part of growing that culture, and I got to be a part of his life, and so thankful for the years that Chuck and the team at Sweetwater gave me to be a part of that. 100%. Yeah. Good, good clarification because, yeah, obviously they had to put in the work and everything, and that's yeah, the same yeah. thing. If you guys want coaching, you're going to have to put in the work, but he'll help give you the structure and give you all the tools necessary. You just have to use them. Awesome. Thanks, cool. guys.